You got Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson. And you listen to Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture, September 21st edition. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Good, good. You know, another beautiful Tuesday as is. The weather coming down a little bit, so it's getting a little brisk. And I'm, I'm like that. I'm all for that. No more sweating. That's what it means for me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. Look, I love, I love the weather. I mean, I, I like I like winter. Actually, nobody else likes winter for whatever reason, but I like winter. You know why? Because my birthday's in January, mm-hmm. and also there's no real reason for me to leave my house when I don't need to. I get that. That that comes with growth and maturity too. By the way, I'm like, yo, that's wild. I'm like, yo, what if I want to like drink something? I'm like, oh, go pop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, anyway, sir. Yeah, but anyway, we have a really good show for you today. We're going to break down the Eagles 49ers loss uh, this past Sunday with a score of 17 to 11. Mm-hmm. It is Dallas week here in Philadelphia. The Philadelphia yeah. Eagles traveled to Arlington, Texas for the Dallas Cowboys home opener on Monday night football. We're going to break down other week two matchups. You know, really, uh, you know, the Packers got on track last night against the Detroit Lions. The I know court- that makes you happy. Oh, yeah. Aaron Charles Rodgers back in the building. Ah. Shout out to my man Aaron Jones, though. Oh, yeah. He snapped. Yeah, what night. an amazing performance. We're going to dive more into that. Lamar Jackson finally gets that Kansas City monkey off his back. Uh, the Chiefs are rolling. You know, their car and the Raiders, they had a real nice upset win against the Steelers. We're going to dive more into that. And also more news on the Ben Simmons front. We've got Kai Carlin calling in at 6 p.m. And also at 6.30, we have a very special interview with one of the representatives from the 2203 Barbershop here in Philadelphia. Going to talk to us about the history of the barbershop. And we all know, in the black community, black barbershop is a pillar of the community, especially when it comes to sports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you want to join, call to join the discussion. In the meantime, drop Mark, drop that call number. Of course, 215-763-9596. The lines are open. Wide open. Like Ben Simmons from three, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, man. How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was good. Uh, visited, uh, like, like I told you, had a went to a 30th birthday party with one of my homies. Really good time. I actually hung out with my dad on Sunday for the game. I seen some pics on Facebook. Where were y'all at? Uh, we was at Dave and Buster's uh, going down at the pier. Oh, dope, dope. How was the atmosphere down there? Was that? Yeah. Yo, bro, we gotta get we gotta get to a uh, a tailgate and an Xfinity Live. So maybe, of course, not this next one coming up because it's a Monday night game. Yeah. But next, maybe the next home game, maybe the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. Let's let's do it. That would be crazy. We got Big Red and Patrick Mahomes in the house. So, you know, get down there early. I know a couple of people who will be down there tailgating on the regular. So. I mean, I got no problem going down early. I mean, I, I went to the NFC Championship game. I was down there at 8 in the morning for mm. that game. Sheesh. 98.5 WJYM, running back sports show. Hello? 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 Hey, Chris. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, baby. I don't care what you say. <laughs> you watch out. You know who this is. I ain't going to have to tell you. That's all I called to tell you. <laughs> watch out. I know we got blown out. You ain't seen nothing yet, Chris. What? You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> yes, you do. I ain't going to tell you who this is, Chris. All right? But anyhow, Miami Dolphins, baby. Watch this. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. I see what you did. You got your bragging rights. Mine's coming next, okay? <laughs> you watch out, baby. 
I'll keep that in mind. 30, man, that's my team, man. 35. What? <laughs> Chris, you know who this is. I, I really don't. <laughs> Chris, what you think? When we play y'all, do you think it's going to be any competition? Not with two out. Uh, huh, Chris? No. No, man. Listen, I, I don't see. My, and what about your boy right there? Miami gonna meet you too. You wanna say anything? Oh, nah, Miami. Sit back and listen to y'all preach on. Let's see who's gonna be right this year. Miami's garbage. We don't. We don't talk about them on this station. We we don't. We don't talk about them on this station. First, y'all 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 quarterback last name sound like a tongue twister. So he definitely can't play for starters, and he can't even stay healthy. Y'all was better off going after Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yes. Don't get me started. Miami Dolphins ain't been good since Dan Marino. Y'all, y'all blew his career up. Couldn't even get that man a Super Bowl. Oh man! Don't get me started on the. Where's what's his name? What's his name? Howard Finkel. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the last no, time no, Miami. No, you mean Ray Finkel. My Howard bad. Finkel Ray, is WWE. My bad. Yeah, Ray Finkel. You know what I'm saying? That's the last time they've been uh, relevant since Ace Ventura. <laughs> like get get Dolphins out of here. So many no, careers got destroyed down there in Miami. What I was watching that. Yeah, funny thing is, when I was watching that Dolphins game, uh, no, the Eagles game, the Dolphins game, like, was right, TV was, like, right next to it. Right. So I saw everything. I saw the Tua injury. I saw Buffalo just pretty much just got them out of there. As like, they it, should. It, 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 was, it was embarrassing. It was light work. The offensive line is embarrassing. Jacoby Brissett is just. <laughs> Told I, you. I don't get how people thought Jacoby Brissett was going to be good. I really don't. I mean, because he looked solid, you know, for a little bit when he played in, in um, Indiana. Indianapolis, so that's that's why they thought he'd be be good. And they were people were so confused, like, oh my god, why are they getting Philip Rivers when Jacoby Brissett was just so great for us last season? And it's like, nah, bro, th- this is part of the reason why. Yeah, absolutely. Miami. That's not how we start this show off. Nope. No, 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 no. We start this show off. We're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? So, Philadelphia Eagles over the weekend, as Chris alluded to earlier, fell to the San Francisco 49ers, seventeen to eleven. Now being one and one in the NFC East, uh, Chris, what's your take on it so far? It's a game they should have won. Okay. Um. This is. They ran the ball pre- ran the ball pretty decently. Jalen Hurts missed several key throws that he should have made. And I'm not blaming the defense on really much of anything. The only thing I can blame is not getting enough turnovers, but. When you have your defense playing the way that they did for that entire first half and you still couldn't be able to capitalize, uh, that then then that's not really on the defense's fault. Uh, but in the end, you know, San Fran, they had a mul- multiple injuries. They were missing a linebacker, really inexperienced secondary. Uh, Raheem Mostert missed the game, but even still, then they sh- uh, Philadelphia Eagles run defense was really stout. Uh, I really like that. Uh, Darius Lee had another solid game, uh, but the offense just wasn't there um, this week as opposed to what it was last week. Yeah. And honestly, like, the loss doesn't bother me. The only thing, the major thing that really bothered me was uh, the news after the game where I realized that Brandon Graham was going to be out for the rest of the season with a torn Achilles. Yeah, that that hurt. That hurt more than the loss. Especially coming off a Pro Bowl season, that was his first time making a Pro Bowl. Yeah, since he's been a Philadelphia Eagle, thirty three going on thirty four. It's it 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 hurts. It's sad. It it could be it. It could possibly be it. Um, here's here's my take on it. I'm I'm with you as well. Like this loss doesn't hurt me. The reason this loss doesn't really hurt me is because 
I said it last week. The Eagles played a perfect game against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't care about the Atlanta um, Falcons personnel or anything of that situation. I get it. They they weren't the Eagles were a superior team that day. At the mm-hmm. end at the end of the day, the Atlanta Falcons are still in the NFL. So now this game gives them something to build on. We get to learn a little bit more about Sirianni. We get to learn more about Jalen Hurts. We get to learn about we just get to learn more bit about the guys. Now one of the things that was I'm not as frustrated as I would be in years past because, number one, I have no expectations for the team this year. I'm just watching as a fan. But one thing that I noticed a lot was Sirianni got a little bit too cute. Mm-hmm. He, he got real cute mm-hmm. because there's no way we throw a 91-yard bomb and we don't score. He got incredibly too cute. The, another thing that was kind of frustrating, too, from watching because, you know, with YouTube TV, got to love YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. I rewatched a little bit of the the Falcons game, saw a little bit more of the Niners game, just trying to compare. And one thing I noticed is that when he was forcing it, forcing it down the field to uh, Devontae Smith, that's not what we did week one. Also, another thing I noticed that we barely got the tight ends involved. Only four targets. Why? Why? I, I, I feel like he was just trying to be too smart thinking that the Niners will come in and try to stop what they did last week yeah. and went with a completely different game plan. Yeah, I even saw on one one point on Twitter um, that Brian, that, uh, Brian Westbrook actually broke down like one play where it was, uh, it was an RPO read. Hurts kept it, and he rolled out to his left. He had Dallas Goddard like right on the flat right Wide there. open. Yeah. That might have been a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, it was like in the red zone, so oh. it was like that's at least like a 10-yard game. That puts you in position. Yeah. However – he waited too long, and he tries to, like, force it in Devontae Smith, like you were saying. Yeah. And it was a bad throw. Devontae Smith didn't get any sort of separation at all. None. And instead of taking, you know, the easy throws that he would have made, like, probably, like, like Jalen Hurst made all the smart throws last week in Atlanta as opposed yeah. to this week in San Fran. Like, in the end, take what the defense gives you. Yep. You don't need to, you know, go for broke every single play because – what we saw last week, that to me wasn't like a go for broke offense. We are not the Kansas City Chiefs. No, we're not. And then another thing as well, it kind of it kind of made me feel like last season, just Doug and Carson just forcing things. That's how that game felt to me. Like we have the weapons. We we didn't do any of those little bubble screens that was getting Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager open. We weren't really doing any of those. We were barely getting the tight ends involved. I'm I'm pleased with the running game. I'm just I don't like the fact that the amount of times Jalen Hurts ran. They as as from what it looks like, Devontae Smith is an excellent route runner. Mm-hmm. In these situations, you're not giving him the opportunity to, you know, do little quick slants and dig routes, post routes, et cetera. They're just they're just bombing it. They're bombing it. And I, I didn't like that whatsoever. I don't know if that was a part of the game plan, but I noticed that a lot. I'm just rewatching, I'm like, why are they forcing it down so much to him? Like that's that's not at this moment. I don't think it's his strengths. You know, if he if he's able to get so much separation from the corner, he was eating up Josh Norman in the beginning. He was mm-hmm. definitely eating up Josh Norman. Mm-hmm. But I just and honestly, at this point, if any secondary has Josh Norman as the number one corner in 2021, you should be able to capitalize. That's on what that. I'm saying. And 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 this isn't a situation to me where I feel like the 49ers came in and really beat the Philadelphia Eagles because we were spanking them. In the first half, we were destroying them. Like, we had over 200 yards, and all we had was three points to show for it because Nick was trying to be cute. This is what I think. All right, so I look at it like this. You get your first 
you get your first game as a head coach, right? Then you get your first home opener, right? Then now your third game coming up is going to be against a division rival, which is arguably the biggest division rival in Philadelphia. With these three games under his belt, I feel like you're going to kind of get a chance to see where he can bounce back if he's actually going to be more of game one or game two mm-hmm. because I think that's very important with this. I um, I feel like the state of the Philadelphia fan, we're kind of like in limbo right now. We're in like a – we're like in the shadow realm in the middle, you know, like half of our body is still here in the middle of the duel, and then like the other half of our body is in the shadow realm. The reason I say that is because we have these moments where we're impatient and we want it right now, but then we also have these moments where we're super impatient. Like you can already you can already sense where people are like, Oh, you know, this is just Seriani's first season, you know, give him some time. Nah, 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 nah. There's thirty two head coaching jobs in the NFL. The Eagles never once came out saying that, like, hey, we're going to restart, we're going to rebuild. No, I think they're going to try and win and compete this season. So with that being said. No reason not to. Yeah, so with that being said, like, okay, I get it, you know, two games under his belt. But we brought you in to win and show us something different. So basically where I'm going with this is like, hey, let's not take our foot off the gas on them. What we do here in Philadelphia is we hold people accountable. And I, that's all I really wanted to continue to be. Like, I'm tired of the whole process and give people time. Time and process and stuff like that hasn't really worked. So I still want, I'm still holding Nick Seriani accountable. I want to see him come back and make the adjustments and actually stick to his game plan. Until someone actually beats your game plan, then you go ahead and make adjustments. But as of right now, like, that formula that you put out against Atlanta looked pretty solid to me. And the defense looks absolutely outstanding. Like, if the offense wasn't being so cute, that's a game the Eagles win. And we're having a completely different conversation here. Yeah. So, th- yeah, that, w- that felt like a 2000 that – that was a last year game, a Carson and Doug game to me. Yeah. I'm a little more lenient when it comes to uh, Nick Sirianni because it's his first official year as a head coach, still relatively young. and He, even- got, he got the job, bro. Yeah. He got the job. Yeah. That's okay. He has the job. Yeah, no. I don't think but those excuses w- matter when you get when there's only 32 of those things in the world. Yeah, that's true. But it's also it's like if you're at a job and within like your first two weeks, and it's like you you do something. It's like you do something that's you know below the standard of what the job is. It's like do you want all of a sudden you want to be on the hot seat or like? No, I'm not. I'm not saying he should be on the hot seat of anything of that nature. I'm saying. We should still have expectations for him. I'm not. I wait, basically, what I'm saying is, I don't want to enable him like someone that we've enabled in another team that plays here in the city. I just don't want to. I don't want to start that early. Yeah, but I don't think we're like enabling that because Nick Sirianni's like post-game conference. Like he says, like you know, this loss is on me. I didn't put my guys in the best position to win. And I, I like that. Yeah. So I, he's catching on quickly. So and. Uh, I'm always like, if this is a guy like a John Gruden or like a Ron Rivera, you know, a guy who has been coaching multiple teams for well over, you know, the past 10 to 15 years, I'm a little more, you know, harder when it comes to my expectations. But when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, nobody had expectations for them. Nobody thought they were going to be Super Bowl contenders. Nobody had them in the playoffs. So, for me, with a guy like him, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who only started four games last year, he only had six starts under his belt, and this is a relatively still a young team. Oh, very. With the probably some exceptions like Fletcher, Brandon Graham, who's now out for the rest of the season, Lane Johnson, Jason 
uh, Jason Kelsey, Zachers. I mean, everybody else is like relatively young. So it's to me more so like an evaluation year where it's like, okay, this is where I got this is this is where Jalen Rager is as a player. This is where we can build upon. This is what Devontae Smith is doing in his rookie year. We can build upon that. Dallas Goddard, okay. Um, it's a contract year for him. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to get a deal done. I mean, they got one done for Josh Sweat. Right. Yeah. But in the end, it's like it, it is a game that they should have won. They should have won. For sure. I, I actually had them winning that game. But in the end, I'm just like, okay, this team really had no expectations, like no headlights in front of them, kind of like, like a Dallas or a Tampa Bay does. So I'm a little more lenient when it comes to, you know, not so much more so my criticism, like my expectations in terms of what he is. Because when you're new to the job, you're trying to, you're trying, you're, you're trying to work things out, see what works and what doesn't work. Nick Sirianni figure out, you know, a lot of things that, you know, he tried to do didn't work against San Fran, so it's going to be a different game plan um, against Dallas. So. Yeah, it should it should be the the only thing I fear with this uh, with Dallas coming up is that Dallas airs it out like they really air it out. But believe it or not, I'm not concerned about our defense at all. I'm not concerned. I think the defense looks really solid. It looks good. Um, Jonathan Gannon, I've just been giving him so much praise. I'm going to continue to. Um, they look really good. The offense still, it's just I need I need to see. I want week one back. I don't care that it was against Atlanta because now at this point, I've seen two different game, two different games from the Eagles on offense. I've seen one where it's like we're trying too hard. Then I've seen one where it's like it's a good mix-up. It's a perfectly good mix-up. I want more bubble screens, getting Rager and, and, and freaking Quez Watkins the ball early so they can make moves. I would love to see that. Even getting Kenneth Gainwell involved a little bit earlier. Miles Sanders, I think he's been great so far. Um, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not harping on this loss like I have in years past because, once again, we've talked about not having any many expectations for the team or anything like that. But the, now you – with with the way you feel about it, but because the complexion of this conversation is so much different from last season. Last season we would be probably flipping tables over, we'd be yelling at Doug, this, that, and the third. Do you feel like a lot of what we went through last season has drained you and kind of leveled you out to the point where you're just taking it game by game? It you know, to me, I evaluate in terms of okay, what's the coaching staff look like? What exactly is the objective? For me, and, and like I kind of equate this back to, you know, the transition from Andy Reid's last year to Chip Kelly's first year. In 2012, I'm like, this is this needs to be a playoff team. You have Michael Vick. You have these weapons. Like, anything short of a playoff earth is a failure. And they ended up 4-12, and a mountain of injuries, and eventually Andy Reid is gone. So my expectations for, you know, that type of – for, for that environment is completely different. Meanwhile, when Chip Kelly transitioned in, I'm like, I have no expectations at all. I didn't think they were going to be good because I didn't want Chip Kelly to begin with. Uh, I thought they were going to go 6-10. and 10. And next thing you know, uh, funny enough, you know, they won their first game. Offense looked good. Michael Fick looked good. Deshaun Jackson looked good. Everybody looked good. And then the week one, then the following week, they had the home opener uh, against the Chargers, and they lost a game that they should have probably won. So it's kind of funny. I think Nick Sirianni is going to be on that path. But as far as, you know, the expectations go, still think, yeah, I think it does. 
because with there's no expectations on Jalen Hurts. Mostly everybody was like, you know what? What, are the, what kind of quarterback are the Eagles going to draft? Or one of the three first-round picks. Nobody thinks Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback next year. So that changes the expectations. I'm like, okay, so you don't think we're going to be good. So, yeah. But in the end, um, this is this is still – I still think this is a team, especially the way the rest of the NFC East is looking. This is a team that can definitely still win the division. Yeah, of course. Have a home playoff game at least – and who knows? Maybe lighting in the bottle, you get some, you know, foot fumble, ain't ready to, and maybe you might win a playoff game. Who knows? It's the NFL. Nothing's for certain. No, nothing's for certain at all. Um, I st- like I said, I still, I still want to see more from Miles Sanders at some point. Yeah, I do. I still feel like he does need to be featured a little bit more because his skills are just so dynamic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but the 49ers, uh, shout out to them because they did key on him. Thirteen carries, fifty-five yards. They did. Yo, Jimmy G is a bum. I don't – Trey Lance should be starting for that team. And George Kittle's tough. He's super tough. He's really he's really a wide receiver playing tight end because yeah. he, he's, he's different. He's very different. Yeah, but the one thing I really didn't like when it comes to the Eagles defense, like I said, no turnovers but also no sacks as well. Yeah. Jimmy G had a lot of time, especially in that second half, to dissect and pick apart that. And he was just – he was moving around like it was nothing outside the pocket. Like, I that that's another thing that kind of frustrated me too because it's just like, no, like Jimmy G is not supposed to do this. Like, that, like that's not supposed to happen. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, and Debo Samuel is criminal, criminally underrated. Oh, he's so tough. He's so tough. He was killing in fantasy this week. It was it wasn't crazy, but it was still pretty solid. Yeah. And once again, you're listening to ninety eight point five WJYM running back sports show sports with a close runner. If you want to call in to join the discussion, Mark, give that call number. Of course, two one five seven six three nine five nine six. How you feel about um Jalen Hurts having ten carries for eighty two yards? Hey, whatever moves the ball, right? I get it, man, but you, you know how it is. We gotta we gotta keep him healthy. Even though he's smart when he runs the ball. Yeah, I'm like, about to say, like, he's... He's run- not like Carson Wentz. He's he's more Russell Wilson when he runs. For sure. I don't worry about him getting hurt because he knows how to take care of his body. Right. And, listen, Jalen Hurts is also an extension of our running game. I feel like if we want to run the ball effectively, Jalen Hurts has to be included in that. Kind of similar how Baltimore includes, you know, the running attack with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, if you... Honestly, but look at it like this, though. If you, this is kind of crazy. If you take away Quez Watkins' 91-yard re- reception, the Eagles' passing game was non-existent. Non-existent. Like, that That makes no sense. That's why I'm just a little bit annoyed at why Sirianni was trying to act cute. Act cute, especially, oh, my, I just, I just can't get over that. I mean, trying that Philly special where there was only one option, the only option was Jalen, and, and then Greg Ward is just, like, scrambling. It's like, at that point, bro, you either, you, you might as well try to run, yeah. or you take the points. It was fourth down. He should have ran. There, he could have, you know, cut back inside and maybe get, like, a block or two and probably would have probably scored. Yeah. Yeah, but. That was just – I don't get why they tried to do that at all. That, I'm like, that's not the that's not the situation and where you tried to pull that off. And that was the turning point in the game because as soon as those points were not scored, San Fran went down and scored. Yeah, and then the, the crazy part about it, like that's how you know momentum is such a real thing. The fact that you just got down there to the red zone, basically, what, like fifth and goal, and you can't get – you can't you can't get that? 
you can't score that, that really changed the outlook of the entire game. That was one where they're supposed to go down. That would have really punched the Niners in the face and let them know, like, yo, look, we about, we about to do this thing. So that was frustrating. Another thing was frustrating, too, was the um, – the Rager touchdown that was called back because he stepped out of bounds and caught it. Like you got to You got to know where you're at on that one. Because cornerbacks, they try. They try to do that. They try to get you off your route when you're trying to get score and everything. And in that situation, in fast time, it looked like he got it off. But you know, of course, that's why they had to call it back because he stepped out. And you can't be the first to step out and touch the ball. But I mean, it still gives me a little, a little promise and hope, especially the way that he, that Jalen Rager has been playing. But Still, man, I that, that that loss to me right now, that's on Sirianni right now. But there's no need to fire him or anything like that. We don't need to burn down the house or anything of that nature. The, you know, I'm I'm still all in right now and we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll definitely see where it goes. So, I mean, I'm definitely excited about the Eagles still. How how do you think we're going to fare against Dallas this week? I think that's the litmus test when yeah. it comes because you're facing the because every single week you're facing a better offense. Mm-hmm. As much as, you know, even though Atlanta put up 25 points, I'm like, that offensive line is not that good. Matt Ryan is a little long in the tooth when it comes to age. Not to mention he was never really that mobile to begin with. Never. So that guy's like a sitting duck. And then you face the 49ers team, slightly more healthy, better offensive line, better play caller. And then you – and now you're going up against a, da- a Dallas offense with tons of firepower, Amari Cooper – uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, who had a hundred yard rushing game, Hun- hundred and nine yards rushing and a touchdown, mm-hmm. and a fully healthy Jack Prescott and a healthy Jack Prescott with a healthy offensive line. Yeah, and that Dallas defense, like, listen, you can put up yards against this Dallas defense, but they lead the league in takeaways right now. And that's and that's different. Yeah, that's. Di- I mean, it's only been two weeks, but still, uh, that's something you don't want to afford happening, especially here. Listen, in the end, if you lead the league in something, no matter what week it's in, you're, ter- you're doing something right. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, it depends on what you're leading. <laughs> it, it's crazy, though, that Tony Pollard is, like, their second guy. Like, I have him on my bench for my fantasy squad. There was no way I was expecting him to do all that. Really? You can't expect that? No, not at all. I mean, I always had a feeling because I feel like Zeke is definitely breaking down a bit. So that was a part of the reason why I grabbed Tony Pollard. But it's like, bruh, I didn't know you were going to do this. Speaking of fantasy, I got spanked this week. Did you win your game? Oh, no. I put up 128, but the guy I'm facing had put up 158. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sheesh, yo. I got I got mollywopped, yo. No, nobody performed for me whatsoever. It was it was bad. It was it was tough to watch. I, I mean, first off, so, all right, let me see. Jalen Hurts gave me 20, 21.8. Yo, Kamara, bro, he only gave me seven points, five yards rushing. That was insane. Like, that. that's not. That's not supposed to happen whatsoever. Freaking freaking Tyler Higby, he gave he gave me one point eight. Amari Cooper, five point four. It was it was just bad. And then on my bench, I got Tony Pollard snapping. I got Michael Pittman Jr. snapping. Ryan Tunyon snapping. It was just Yeah. Oh yeah, by the way. Hmm. No, uh I'm in another league uh with uh another group I do inside the hashes. Yeah. The score was one oh five to forty three. Yeah. Uh I have forty three. But I had Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tunyon still to play. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. So you had to win that game. He, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, he smoked them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I was watching that game. I'm just like, okay, uh, 
as soon as I fall, that first passing, like that pop pass that they always do around the end zone with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones, I'm like, oh, cool, you know, double dip. You know, they, they both, you know, got the touchdowns after that. And then I saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, do it again. I'm like, okay, you know what? I think this guy, I think Aaron Rodgers knows. That's like, yo, my homie Chris needs help. Of course. Yeah. You got to throw up the, uh, the ACR symbol. Yeah. You know, so that way he can take care of you. Yeah, th- throw up the number. Yeah, throw up, throw up the gold. Throw up, throw up the number twelve. Yeah, the, so we can catch you. The green and yellow uh, number twelve bat bat symbol. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, then like he threw a touchdown pass to Robert Tanya. I'm like, I'll double dip again. I've double dipped four times in that game. Sheesh. I ended up with one twenty six. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a crazy comeback. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, like my guys, definitely killing me. Justin Herbert still hasn't had a good game yet. I'm glad I – oh, I gave you Jameis, didn't I? Yeah, but I started Teddy. Oh, yeah, you did get it. You yeah. did, you did, you did get Teddy. I'm like – everybody was like, but it's he's like, he's like, but it's Carolina. I'm like, listen, Carolina's defense is legit, man. You got J.C. Horn, Jeremy Chin going into his second year. You got Derrick Brown. I'm going to tell you, that defense is definitely turning around in Carolina. Matt Rule is definitely building a monster. I picked them as, like, one of my wild card teams this year, and everybody was like, he's like are you serious? I'm like – yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm they like, you you definitely were like the only person that I ever really heard talking about J.C. Horn, like won him X corner. Yeah. So I like I'll, I'll give you all the kudos for that. So he got his first interception this week. He did. Mm. Yep, and Patrick and Pastor Team Junior also. Yeah. So just looking at the Eagles' schedule, right? It don't really get soft until we play Detroit. Yeah. And that's on Halloween. So next we got the Cowboys on Monday night, of course. Yeah, I know these first like six to eight games were brutal for it's us. It's tough. We got so we got the Cowboys mm-hmm. Monday night. We got the Chiefs here mm-hmm. Sunday, October third. Then we got um, at Carolina October tenth. Then the Bucks are in the building at on uh, October fourteenth. You're gonna go to that game, see your boy Tom? No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> That's gonna be an expensive ticket unless somebody wanna bless your boy. But the uh, October twenty fourth game in Las Vegas that's not that's not gonna be an easy game either because they look they look all right they look solid right now. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really get kind of doesn't really you know eat. Oh wow, this is a tough schedule schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm looking at it, because the the Lions I mean that can be a win for sure because it's the Lions. But Chargers that's like a toss up. Especially from what we've seen so far, the Broncos. The Broncos are looking pretty solid. Um, yeah, like Saints. I guess it won't. I guess. I mean, at least the end of our schedule is a little weak. But this, it, we we really gonna be into the thick of it early, early and often with it. Mm-hmm. So we'll 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 see. You still, you said four, uh, four and two their first six. Yeah. You, you still feeling that? Mm. Nah, I gotta I gotta change it. Yeah. Because. The 49ers I had as a win. I said at least we're going to start off 3-0, and but um, I still think Dallas is winnable. I don't see, you know, us being able to hold on, be able to hold off the Chiefs. No, I don't see that either. I don't see you see able to hold off with uh, Tampa, Tampa Tom and the Buccaneers as well because they're on a different stratosphere right now when it comes to, you know, football. And then losing Brandon Brooks. And Brandon Graham. Ah, that's what I meant. Brandon Graham. Um, always, yeah, always. Yeah, Brandon Brooks' um, status is They put him here. on the IR, yeah. but yeah, he's not out for the season. Yeah, but Zachary, Brandon Graham. Yeah, Zach is on the IR too, COVID really. COVID protocols, yeah. Yeah, but no, I always confuse Brandon Graham and Brandon Brooks because the names both start with Brandon. Yeah. But no, our, our, we'll see what happens. I mean, Joshua did just get paid. Yeah, so this is the time for him to step up. Got to. Got to. Because Barnett was a little shaky last game. No, but honestly, but this is opens up the door for Derek Barnett as well. Because yeah. 
now because Joshua has Joshua starting because he gave him an extension, and now without Brandon Grant taking the steps, this is an opportunity for Derek Barnett to finally, you know, get that last ditch effort and prove himself that he's a, you know, worth staying here. For sure, there's a lot of things that happens when you lose a guy like Brandon Grant because number one, you're losing that pr- production on the field. And then you're also losing one of your veteran leaders as well. So there's there's two holes that can be filled with the absence of Brandon Graham. You know, you got that production. Go out there and perform on the field. And then go ahead and be a locker room leader. So th- those are two two voids that will definitely be missing with Brandon Graham being out for the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, we definitely wish him the best going forward. And, you know, hopefully he can make a speedy recovery. But, yeah, those, those guys definitely have an opportunity to do the darn thing on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um so for in terms of the Eagles Dallas Monday night game. Yeah. Um you got final score prediction? Um final score prediction. So actually for for when I do my segment later, um I was actually saying to, you know, stay away for you know, betting purposes on this game because this one's up in the air. But, you know, me, since I am a gambling man, I'd say final score Gosh, it just so depends on which Eagles we get. I'm going to say uh, 24-17 Eagles. Okay. Yeah, hopefully they can come back and, you know, go be more of a week one Eagles versus being week two, you know, where Seriani was forcing everything, not getting the tight ends involved. I mean, come on, you got you got to use your best guys. There's no reason why Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are barely being targeted. I mean, if, if we're going to go in ranks on how we should target people like on, on, as receivers for the most part, I'd say you want to look for Devonta Smith. Of course you want to look for him. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, then you maybe want to look at Quez Watkins, J- Jalen Rager. Like, though I feel like Ertz and, and Dallas Goddard should always be on the field. Mm-hmm. Should always like you got to have your best guys on the field. It's going to make things so much better and more dynamic for the team. So just the fact that Sirianni went away from them last game is it's still just beyond me. But I'm I'm not upset. I'm not upset. I have no expectations. That was definitely a winnable game. It was a very winnable game. Mm-hmm. If they just go back to the formula they went had at week one. We win that game. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. What what's your take and your prediction on the Dallas game? Twenty-seven, twenty-four. Okay, who you got winning? Uh, Eagles. Got you. Dallas ties it up about like two minutes left to go. Jalen Hurts runs the two minute drill. Cody Parker nails a forty nine yard yard field. Oh goal. wow! So you got it like a tight one for yeah. the most part. It's NFC East. There's not. There's no room. For, there's no room for comfort. And it is a Monday night game. Yep. That's crazy now. So what if Monday Night Raw, you know, predicts a crazy main event? Which one are you watching? What's the main event? I don't know. Let's say um. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, you got listen. Here's like I got. I have my favorite unification title match: Biggie versus Roman Reigns. I mean, I got YouTube TV. I can watch Raw later. Oh, all right. Well, then, then you, then you, then you've made up your mind. Yeah. You're, then you're watching the Eagles all day. Look, look. I'll, I'll pop in and watch for like you know five seconds. You know, get get that viewership up. You know, get that. You know what I'm saying? You know that target demo. <laughs> of course, right? Help out, help out the boys. Yeah, help. <laughs> So stupid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Eighteen or forty nine demo. Like nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And once again, you're listening to ninety eight point five WJY and running back sports show sports with a culture. You want to call to join the discussion? Mark drop that call number. Of course, two one five seven six three nine five nine six. Join is, the convo. It is Dallas week. Yeah. So give us, you know, your stories about why you hate the Dallas Cowboys, you know, your yeah. favorite moment from the Eagles Cowboys rivalry. Listen, look look. We're not just a sports talk show. We're also a ther- we're also we're also a therapy we're also a therapy session. Yes, always, always here to talk. 
Especially when, especially when we talking birds. Mm-hmm. Always here talking birds. Why? So I I don't think I ever really ask you. I think you know why I despise the Cowboys. But why do you despise the Cowboys? Oh, because I was oh I was raised that way. Oh okay. Uh, my dad and my grandmother on you know, um his, his mom, um they are the reason why I I'm, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Right. So you know growing up watching the games, they told me you know what. Hate the Giants, hate Washington, but especially hate the Cowboys. Mm. And I'm just looking at that. I'm just like, I'm just like, man, this is no way, man. This team is stupid. I was like a little kid. I'm like, their star is stupid. I hate Quincy Jones. <laughs> I mean, Qu- not Quincy Jones, Quincy <laughs> Carter. Right. <laughs> I hate Marion Barber. I hate Tony Romo. I'm just like, I'm like, my dad developed me at a very young age for me to hate this team. And I'm just like, but the main, the main like tipping point, which made me hate Dallas for the rest of my life, was post Terrell Owens and Donovan McNabb. You know that whole debacle. Mm. And after he left, I'm like, he could have gone anywhere else, but he chose Dallas. But he chose Dallas. Yeah, I felt the same. And way. I'm like, I gotta watch. I gotta watch these guys every twice a year play my team. Mm-hmm. And he only went there to spite McNabb. And I'm like, I don't like McNabb as much, but I'm like, you know what, McNabb beat there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, that that one hurt because we we needed T.O. Yeah, T.O. was our guy, and then he just up and goes to Dallas. Like that one hurt. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I I love T.O. Listen, if you ever if you ever listen to the show, I love you, but nah, man, that, that was foul, bro. Yeah, that was foul. That I, was super I can't, foul. I, part of me still can't forgive you for that. Yeah, like, I feel like he was a little butthurt though. I feel like he really wanted to spend like the rest of his career. In yeah, he, he wanted for to. Real, for real. Yeah, he wanted to. Like even when um. When he retired and got inducted into the Hall of Fame, didn't they use like his image when he was an Eagle? Yeah, and that's a shock. I thought they would have used it from when he was the Niners. It was the closest one. It was the closest he ever been to a championship here. Mm, that's true. And he did play for the Super Bowl with us. Yeah, bro, that 2004 season. I'm like, we are going to the Super Bowl as soon as I saw that play action fake in the preseason game. Smoked them. I'm like, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that was a rough year. Thinking yeah. back on it as a kid. It was yeah. rough. And it's like, I watched that first game against the Giants. T.O. was just, boom. T.O., Brian Westbrook, Donovan McNabb, Top. Brian Dawkins on defense. I'm like, dog, we are, there's nothing in the NFC that can stop Don't us forget now. my man, the Axe Man. Yeah, Jeremiah Trotter, Javon Kurz, Derek Burt. Yo, nothing could stop us from getting to the Super Bowl. Yep. Us winning the Super Bowl was a completely different story. <laughs> I know, but that we, was, we got there. Yeah, but, yeah, we got there. T.O., had the performance of a lifetime, you know. He six weeks off with you know metal, metal uh, rods, yeah, yeah. Metal rods all in his ankle. Yeah, that's crazy. The um, so I didn't, I didn't always, always hate the Cowboys. So what happened was when I was younger, not gonna lie, definitely had like, I mean, I didn't buy my clothes, but <laughs> definitely had like <laughs> a, I had an Emmett Smith jersey as a young boy. Like my mom's had me in some Cowboys gear. I, I ain't gonna lie, like so I did have some Cowboys gear. I didn't hate them at the time. But um, as I got a little older, I'd say maybe 1999 and then 2000. You, you know, that was a good year, 99 and 2000. Um, that's when I started liking the Eagles because mm. I'm like, oh, they're local. I see how everyone is crazy about the Eagles. Boom, like, all right, I'm liking the Eagles. And then, like, after a while, I got programmed to hate Dallas. I'm like, oh, well, I, don't, I don't really have beef with them bulls, but I get it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I rock with the Eagles, so this is what we do. But what really set it off for me is the people who are in this area mm-hmm. who have never stepped foot 
into Dallas, Texas, or Ar- Arlington, Texas, wherever they play. Yeah. Who have never even stepped foot down there for a game, yet you call yourselves a fan because of what happened in never. 95, I forgot 96. The, I forgot. But I forgot what's called. It was like never been to Dallas Central or something. Yo, it's crazy. And then they are the worst. Like, you see it every day on Twitter. It's like Dallas Cowboys fan starter pack. You always got the the one dude with the fade, with the jersey, with the uh with the John Cena shorts on the yeah. jorts, with them um same with them same Jordans. Yeah. Like with the same white sne- with the white sneakers also. Yeah, like come on. That's and, and it's literally that's the Dallas Cowboys starter pack. And those people are also Lakers fans. Yankees fans, Duke fans, like those are horrible people. Like those are those are people that you should not associate yourself with. Alabama fans, yeah, basically all front runners. Like uh, those are those are like really terrible people. So th- those are the kind of people you do not want to associate yourself with, absolutely at all. Any anybody who's essentially a Cowboys fan, like I like, it's crazy because like I'm not gonna lie. Back in back in my day, back in my day, you know my single days. I remember, like, I was I was talking to a girl, and I was looking at her funny because she was a Cowboys fan. Like, I just, like, I was telling myself, like, I don't really know how far this can really go. Like, oh, I just, it's oh, just. Oh, so you can't date a Dallas fan. I don't think that's that. I don't think that can happen. Like, yeah. if my girl was to, like, tell me, like. Yeah, one of my friends actually did date a Dallas fan. And I'm just like, I'm like, I was like, yo, so what you think? I'm like, she's a Dallas fan. He was like, yeah, but, but yeah, but. He was like, yeah, but what do you think? I'm like, bro, like, I'm sorry. She seems, she she's nice. She's cool, but she's a Dallas fan. That's that's a character flaw. I'm like, I don't. He's like, listen, I love you as my brother, but I can I don't know if I can support this. No, not I don't at know. All. I don't know. If, I don't know if you also personally be able to last. It didn't last anyway. So oh, I'll see, because <laughs> she was a Dallas fan. Yeah. Let me tell you this. Then this is another thing that this is crazy, right? So my mom, my mom's boyfriend, he's a Dallas fan, right? So um, I, I did a nice gesture. For Your mom him. could do better. I know she can. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Um, I did a nice gesture, got him got him a nice little um Christmas gift and it happened to be a Dallas Cowboys grilling utensils, right? Mm-hmm. You got it's, it's it's nice. Like I I actually want to purchase these for the Eagles, but it's it's like quality stuff, but it's all cowboys, right? Yeah. So I mean, we had a little barbecue at the house, whatever, boom, boom, boom. Couldn't find like the regular grilling utensils and I'm like, Whoa, I, I refuse I refuse to be flipping my burgers with these cowboys utensils. Like I'm not, I'm not picking up Mike's chicken off the grill with these cowboys. Y'all utensils. are gonna have to starve. Listen, I was very close, but I was like, you know what? Let me suck it up. I'm not gonna have people out here starving, and I'm darn sure not picking it up with my dog on hands or a fork. That's all good. Listen, I, I, I just couldn't do it. Well, it was disgusting. Just, I, I felt disgusting. I'm just saying, I would understand that. I will call Grail Pub. <laughs> Listen, I just, I felt disgusting. So. At the end of the day, I just feel like if you are a Cowboys fan, that's a character flaw, and I'm always just going to look at you weird. Except for my barber. He's cool. He's he's solid. He's different. And and he's old enough to actually be a Cowboys fan. But if you're like a, a new age Cowboys fan, like that's just weird to me because you've never seen them good in your life. You always hear about the Michael Irvins, the Emmitt Smiths, the Troy Aikman, but you've never seen it in They're your life. They're just in it for the clout. Right, exactly. And that, and that's not it. And, and you're a follower if you're one of those people. You're an absolute follower. And you're you're not you're not a leader at all. So and you you definitely need to get yourself evaluated. That's true. That's just truly how I feel. Yeah. About Cowboys fans, especially in our generation. Mm-hmm. Like I I understand like if you you were young and you saw the Patriots winning all the time, fine. I get it. We actually seen that with our eyes. A lot of people don't even have a clue what happened in Dallas and decided to be a fan and, and still rock with them. And they've just stunk. They've just stunk our entire lives. Mm-hmm. 
and they still stink for the most part. The only reason I'm like kind of like okay and I don't hate them nearly as much as I used to is because number one, they're irrelevant. They're not a threat. They're never a threat. Um, fantasy football kind of makes me like their players a little bit because you know I'm trying to win some money. So you know, Mark Cooper's my guy right now. And honestly, you know, I, I got a heart because I'm a human at the end of the day. So when I watch Hard Knocks, I, I want to kind of see Dak Prescott do well because I love me an underdog comeback story. No, I feel the, like. The same way I felt about Dak Prescott is the same way I felt about Odell Beckham. I'm like, if you weren't in an NFC East team, I would like you a lot more. But under no circumstance, I can't root for you. Regardless. I'm like, I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad you're about your life, and I'm just, I'm glad, I'm, I'm just glad your your career is back on track. But other than that, yeah, other than that, nah, man, forget you. You're a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, you're clearly impeding on my happiness. So I can't root for you, bro. Yeah, I like when T.O. was crying for Romo, like that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Like I didn't, I didn't care at all. I'm like, this is what you chose. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Right, we don't care at all. Like this is what you chose, my guy. Like, no, nah, we're we're good. We're good. Yeah, and uh, speaking speaking of good, <laughs> let's uh, break down the rest of the uh, the NFL week. Let's do it. I yeah. was just about to say, let's 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 yeah. move on. You know, um, you know, early, um, last Thursday we had a really good game between um, the Washington Football Team and the New York Giants at FedEx Field. Mm-hmm. The legend of Taylor Heineke continues. Oh my God, you you have these like you just listen. W- it's go the, ahead. Listen, it's the legend because he is on pace to become the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right. That man is going to be one of the greatest journeymen to ever play this game. He might be. Terry McLaurin was going off. Yeah. As he typically does. Yeah, I'm just glad. I'm just like, I'm glad that he has a young, I'm glad he has a young quarterback that knows how to get him the ball because he has been suffering (laughs) ever since coming into the league. For sure. Getting balls thrown down by Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins. He still balls regardless of who's throwing in the football. He does. But clearly something is clicking with Heineke and him that I would really like to see going. Yo, what's up with Daniel Jones thinking he Lamar Jackson? 95 rushing yards for, yes. for a touchdown? Is he okay? Listen, he, he white Lamar. Yeah, uh, clearly. Because my man just be taking off. Like, yeah. off. I mean, like, yo, you saw that. Uh, remember that Photoshop picture of just, like, Michael Michael Vick with his uh, skin bleach? Yeah. Yeah, that's Daniel Jones. Yo, so question, because I seen you, you tweet it. Um... How you feel about Saquon? I I just need you to talk about it on the airways, because I I feel like uh go ahead, I'm gonna let you go ahead. He he he's he's the new he's the new Le'Veon Bell and Ooh. what I'm and not and I'm not talking about Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell I'm talking Jets Le'Veon Bell. Ugh. <laughs> mm. Bad offensive line, n- no sort of rhythm or consistency, and honestly. If this continues, everybody will say when he saw that when they saw that forty-one yard run, they were say, "Oh, Saquon's back!" And next thing you know, he does absolutely nothing throughout the rest of the game. And I'm like, "Yeah, I got a feeling that this is going to be the continuous trend throughout his career." It, the author, I don't as long as he's a New York Giant, they, the Giants cannot get right. They've had the worst record over, I believe, the last three to four years out of anybody in the league. The Houston Texans actually look more competent than what the Giants have been displaying over these first two weeks. Sheesh. Uh, but, listen, I don't I don't see Daniel Jones getting a contract extension, especially with the way the season's going. I don't see Saquon making it past it because running backs never get really paid anyway. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see him, like, hitting the free agent market after that fifth-year option. I don't think we're going to see Saquon 
um, you know, be safe quad. Right. It's like everybody thinks of you. So, so you think he's going to fade away like Todd Gurley? Yeah. Wow. That's that's a really hot take. Yeah. Giants fans aren't going to like that. Well, well, Giants fans don't like a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> like winning. You got that right. Yeah, Daniel Jones, he's still got to go. That's not their guy. The only reason they picked him up is because Eli and Peyton gave him the stamp of approval. That's love. That's that's what you call networking. Yeah. And like, that's Jesus. also the reason why the, he drafted Sebastian Napier because I was like, you know what? I like Sebastian Napier. Cool. We drafted him. Are you going to stay here? No. no. <laughs> Two words. I'm gone. He dipped. <laughs> He was going. He oh, he was going so fast. That was hilarious. Oh God, that was the original. Uh, Lee, uh, the Da Vinci meme, the the one with the, uh, DiCaprio meme with uh, him holding the wine and just laughing. Yeah, he was sick. He was like, <laughs> he was super he's like, sick. He's like, are you staying? <laughs> no, nah, bro, nah, we out of here. He's like, he's like so where are you going? I'm going back home, Cleveland. Yeah, to Cleveland. Cleveland. Yo, so how about that? Uh, how about the Rams going two and zero, beating uh, Indianapolis twenty seven to twenty four? Yeah. Man, I tell you, Matthew Stafford, he still look. He he can really sling it. I tell you one thing. Yeah, he can really sling it. And the thing is, is that he doesn't have to do everything now. He does. He has a great defense behind him. Uh, solid, solid running backs to get running the ball game to. Running is great, but yeah, but you know, shout out to the Rams; they're he, a legitimate contender. He loves Cooper Cup. Yeah, <laughs> he loves that man. But Nine receptions, 163 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, but here's the here's here's one of here's my takeaway from that game. Yeah, it, it has nothing to do with the Rams. The Rams are legit; they're Super Bowl. I contender. think they're solid. They're two and zero. Yeah, I think yeah, them. I think you know they're one of the few threats that can actually you know get Tampa Bay running their money in the playoffs. But I don't – what did Carson Wentz do to just be this unfortunate? I really don't understand this. I, I've never heard anybody sprain both of their ankles at the same time. I don't know. I've never seen that before. He don't drink enough milk. It's something, yo. He really don't drink enough milk. It's like like – Every, like since August, I'm like the guy got foot surgery for something that he should have got surgery with in high school. Uh, he doesn't want to take the vaccine once again. You know, personal choice. Not gonna you know condemn him for that, but you know that affects your availability because you know if you're close come in close contact with somebody, your quarantine's longer than somebody who's actually vaccinated. That exactly. has a lot to do with your availability. And now your status for week three is up in the air because you sprained both your ankles. Hey, look, at the end of the day, I'm just glad it's not our problem anymore. Yeah, this dude still looks like a, a dumpster fire. Like, it's bad. And and this is my thing, though, because that's why I don't understand why people are just so up in, up in the air and confused about Jalen Hurts. I really feel like where a person went to school matters. Like, I never heard of South Dakota State ever. We're, weren't they, like, Division North I? North Dakota like, State. Whatever. Same thing. Like, the Dakotas. Hey, 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 hey what? The Dakotas. I'm going to say you were advocating for Trey Lance. Trey Lance went there. You're right, but he a brother, so it's different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he can actually ball. Like, he can actually ball ball. But, no, like, that's why That's why I was always so confused as to, like, why we're so not behind Jalen Hurts. He's already played pro. Like, if you play for, like, Oklahoma and Alabama, you're a pro athlete. Like, you're you're legit. You're, you're playing in pro schemes and everything. You're, you're living the life – like a pro, it doesn't matter. So, but yeah, I'm just glad the Carson Wentz experience is over. Um, I thought he was going to be special, but after a while, like you can just see it, and 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 nothing has changed with him whatsoever. Nothing's changed with him. So, 
yeah, shouts out to the Rams 2-0. I know my, I know my bro Naj. He's been a longtime Rams fan forever, so he's always hyped. But I don't think he realized they're no longer in St. Louis, but I'll give him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. But, nah, we already talked. Hold on, hold on. Time out. I didn't know the Dolphins got spanked 35 nothing. Yeah. Why did that man call in here first thing talking about the Dolphins and them, they didn't even score? They The Dolphins scored as much as me in week two. I don't get that. Make it make sense. Ain't no, ain't, I didn't realize they put Tua up a goose car- egg. Tua got carted off. I did see that. Yeah. I did uh, see that. that. Listen, he got speared. Mm. And all right, now hold on. Now, all right, in wrestling terms, was it like a rhino edge uh, or a Roman? Because I didn't see it. I'm going to go Lashley. Mm. All right. All right, but so he got popped. He got yeah, popped. He, he got popped. He got carted off. It was bad. Yo, all right, hold on. Real quick, random. Just thinking about just thinking about popped. Remember how like back in the day how they would have segments where people would just get smashed, like taking crazy hits. You remember that? Like they used to have like yeah. the jacked up segment. Yeah. They usually have they used to have like NFL's like greatest hits. Yeah. What the now you 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 can't see that whatsoever. That's that's a flag. Any big hit, that's a flag. I'm surprised the uh, week that Brandon Graham got last – I mean, I'm sorry, the hit that Brandon Graham got last week, I'm surprised that wasn't a flag, and it was just a regular pass. But it's so crazy how you don't see those high, impactful hits anymore. I get it that's not good for the NFL anymore, especially with concussions and CTE and trying to make sure that, that the players are safe. I definitely get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of do miss seeing some of them hits. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I mean, the offense, yeah, it's cute, it's pretty, I know, it's nice, but – it's like a guy like Brian Dawkins wouldn't even be nearly as successful in today's game of football as he was back then because of these rule changes. Here's the thing. I'm fine with, you know, the hits. Just give me back just give me back the celebration and the taunting. Oh yeah. Because nobody asked for that. Yeah. The only people that actually want that to happen is the actual owners. No no fan wants that, no player wants that. Just give me back just give me back the taunts. For sure. Just give me just just give me Randy Moss. You know, pretending the moon Lambo field. That's great content. Yeah, like, yo, like, it adds something. It's just like, yo, the next time this guy comes to our stadium, we're going to boo him. I'm like, the it, boo him. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I'm, like, I'm fine with, I'm fine with, you know, them taking, you know, the precautions. Uh, to me, just bring back, just get rid of the stupid taunting calls and these stupid rules to protect the quarterback. Because to me, it's, like, what more do you want in terms of the defender to, you know, do when it comes to, you know, hit a quarterback? Because this one play, you know, with Chase Young and Daniel Jones, I'm just like, his momentum was going to Daniel Jones as soon as he got rid of the ball to call rough in the pass. I'm like, what do you want Chase Young to do? Stop mid, stop mid, stop mid momentum? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and hold on. And then I'm thinking about, um, I know was that the Penn State game I was watching, where the kid got ejected. I forgot. It was one of them college games. I want to say it was Penn State. The kid, like in the middle, he led with his shoulder, but it just so happened that you know, as the player was going down, it was helmet to helmet, and he ended up getting ejected. I I really think oh, that yeah. was the Penn State Auburn game. Yeah, the kid from Auburn got ejected. Yeah, and then Penn State came right oh, down. Oh yeah, uh, to yeah. me, like oh, yeah. I, that's hard. Oh yeah, the targeting calls in college is like ridic- completely ridiculous. Up yeah, there. that's crazy. Yeah, like these guys, like you, how can how can you in a split second decide how you're going to hit a person? 
like especially since these are things that been taught to you since peewee football mm-hmm. on how to hit drive your shoulder etc cetera, etc cetera. in that situation penn state auburn game that wasn't a targeting in my opinion i feel like he led with his shoulder the unfortunate events was that at the time when the receiver was going down he was a defenseless wide receiver i get it but like it's not like this guy had any ill it's like like they they out here acting like he was doing a skull bash attack like nah like my man he he led with his shoulder like he was solid he was definitely solid. Yeah. Other games, uh, let's see. Chargers and Dallas, that was pretty good. That was solid. That was okay. Uh, what else? Uh, How about the uh, Bucks blowing out the Falcons? Like, big time Tom ain't no joke right now. I don't know. This. It's, it's, it's weird. He's, he's unlocked something. These new rules might keep him in the league till he's 50. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, we have a caller. 98.5 WJ1, yeah, I'm running back sports show. Hello? Hello? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we got, uh, by the way, in about three minutes to six o'clock hour, we got Kai Carlin from USA Today, Sixers Wire, calling in and talk about a little Ben Simmons nonsense that we've been hearing today. Okay. Uh, quick rapid fire. Uh, Broncos beat the Jaguars. Oh, we can come back to it. We ain't got a rapid fire. We can come back to no, it's it. That's all good. There's a bunch of other irrelevant games. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you, ain't n- you ain't never lied about that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the Jags, they still stink. They might, they might mess around and get the first pick again. They definitely might get the first pick again. Yeah, Browns, Browns, Texans, Browns finally got back on track. The Raiders with the upset against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Nah, not e- not either. Not didn't see that coming. The yeah. Ra- the the Raiders might be all right because they definitely now advanced to two and zero. So they they might they might be solid for real. Mm-hmm. And and Derek Carr, he doesn't look at he don't look half bad. Maybe like some of that Las Vegas nightlife is starting to. You know, transfer. I mean, Derek Carr was never bad. Nah, it's, it's just that the circumstances around him just weren't ideal. I agree. Henry Rux finally had a breakout game: five receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's the game that we like as fans, NFL fans, we've been waiting to see. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that's been like a long time. Yeah, in the and region. I've been I've been critical about Henry Rux. I'm like, I don't think like this Raiders system is the system for him to you know maximize like what he's able to do. But it's good to see him finally, you know, have a breakout game like that. Yeah, no, I agree. An- another irrelevant game: the Patriots spanked the Jets, twenty-five to six. Patriots advanced to uh, one and one. The Jets are now zero and two. How's Juan doing, by the way? <laughs> oh, he's doing fine. Um, I'm sure he's doing fine. His Jets aren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's that's te- one I'm thing for certain. I'm about to say he's a text away, so I could just always just like, hey, Juan, how, how you doing? No, nah, no, nah, not. We'll have Juan on when the Jets finally won a game. Zero and two. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. But the bigger, but the big news, the monkey off Lamar finally got the monkey off his back, beating the Kansas City Chiefs 35-30. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire made <laughs> probably never has to buy another drink in Baltimore ever again for that game. He he might be the guy. <laughs> like he but, might, he might be the guy. I can't believe that happened. Yeah, but Lamar Jackson, he f- showed up, and I'm sick and tired of everybody like you know the slander when it comes to him. The guy's a former league MVP, youngest MVP in NFL history. The guy led the league in touchdowns. The kid, the kid is special. He, I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback, but he is an elite talent. Yeah. Uh, sixteen guys on sixteen guys on IR. Um, not really when it comes to comparing weapons. Pales in the comparison one Patrick Mahomes has. Not even close. Yeah, but the guy just, he found a way. 
And that's really good. That's a confidence boost in which, you know, they can use going on for the rest of the season, you know, going into the postseason. Because it's like when you shoot a basketball. It's like if you're on a cold streak and you finally see the ball going into the hoop, you know, you now see that you're able to, you know, beat this team that has been handing you your behind after all these years. Like now you're able to go into the postseason when you will eventually finally meet up with them. You know you have what it takes to beat them. And now 6 o'clock with Kai Carly. Hey, Kai, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? What up, Kai? Hey, man. What's up, Mark? Hey, man. So, yeah, we were just uh, talking some uh, NFL news, you know, beforehand. So, we didn't get into the Detroit Lions uh, uh, <laughs> Green Bay Packer game. So, what were your thoughts on that? I loved it. Took a loss. 0-17. <laughs> Oh, and 17. It's what I want. Kai is literally like the only football fan who gets upset when his team wins. No, this is true. Um, actually, I was, with, I was with Mark and I. We, we, I was with our good friend Tyrell last night. And, uh, you know, we're watching the game. And I was upset when Jared Goff threw a touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson to go up 14-7. to seven. I was like, no. How dare you, you take the lead? Lose. How dare you score? Right, exactly. <laughs> Kai, switching over because I know how uh, you know near and dear your De- Detroit Lions are to your heart. Switch over to uh, you know what pays you the big bucks, and let's talk a little bit about the uh, Philadelphia 76ers here. Of course, Woj came out saying that Ben Simmons intends on not suiting up for the 76ers ever again. What are uh, some of the rumors you're hearing on your end and possible trade suitors coming up? I will say um, this whole thing is really getting mishandled um i think the whole thing really is just a disappointing scenario um just everything from when philadelphia first said that they were taking trade calls on him to ben now accepting the trade request to sitting out training camp and then his camp accusing the sixers of not developing him correctly to now this new report today that he'll that he doesn't even attend on suiting up for another game for the franchise it's a, the whole thing just seems very mishandled it seems um, it really seems like a sad situation. Um, it, it's really just even on both sides, especially on, in my opinion, Simmons and, and his camp. I, I feel like just everything is kind of seems a little out of control, just like just from an outsider's point of view. Um, in terms of trade suitors, part of me, part of me wants to try to talk myself into John Wall, but at the same time, I really, I don't think Wall fits, especially considering his age, his contract, his injury history. Um, I don't think Wall is the way to go. Um, he, you can make a case that like he would fit better next to Joel just because of his aggressiveness. But, I mean, Wall, at this stage of his career, just really doesn't seem like the move for me that's going to move the needle for Philadelphia. I will say this, though. This, like, this whole situation with Simmons, I think, sets the team back a couple like, – like, not, not a couple years, but it's going to set the team back a little bit. I think they're done for this year unless they, get, unless they somehow get lucky and luck into Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal to kind of get themselves back into it. But, you know, without Simmons and you're just kind of relying on Joel Embiid and a bunch of role players, you're not beating Brooklyn in a seven-game series. You're not beating Milwaukee in a seven-game series. Hell, you might not even beat Atlanta or Miami. In a seven-game series, and we just saw them lose to Atlanta with Ben Simmons. So, just I, I feel like Philadelphia's win, like window to win a title is almost nearly shut. If we're going to be completely honest here, 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've been saying that for quite some time once you realize that you're playing four-on-five basketball. I mean, granted, at the end of the day, they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, but going into the playoffs, everyone knew that the Philadelphia 76ers would be playing four-on-five. My uh, my next question is this, because that's the last thing the Philadelphia 76ers need is John Wall on this team. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Like, I feel like if that trade happens to go through, I pray to God that no one boos this man because it's it's not it's not going to be a good start. Do you think the development of Tyrese Maxey has anything to do with possibly Ben also wanting to leave and maybe the Sixers holding off a bit because they might have a point guard in the future there? Possibly. I mean, listen, if Maxey comes back next year with a three-point shot, which it sounds more likely like he will have a three-point shot other than Simmons. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, Tyrese is a guy who can get to the basket. He, 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 and, and the thing about Tyrese that impressed me the most is that he's a willing learner. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times you will get a young guy coming into the league and he'll have his chest puffed out and he'll basically be like, oh, nobody can tell me anything. I'm in the NBA. But instead, this kid really has taken – you know, lessons from Doc and, and you know, even, even Ben to a certain extent and, you know, Danny Green and Seth Curry and, and even Joel and Matisse. Tyrese has learned, and you can see it. Like, he, his development from when he first came into the league last year to heading into his second season, I feel like you could just see that he just has a desire and a will to want to get better each and every day. And I feel like heading into the season, once Ben gets traded, because we all know it's coming, we don't know when, but he's going to get traded. Like, he's gone. This is it. I feel like Philadelphia can sleep can sleep well at night knowing they can hand the ball off to Tyrese Maxey, who, in my opinion, right now has the potential, I think, potential to be a multiple-time all-star if he continues his development moving forward. And if he comes up with that three-point shot, if he can, he shot 30% as a rookie. If he can get it back up to around 35% this year, I, I feel like that's a very, going to be a successful season for him. Yeah. And uh, you brought up a really good point about Tyrese Maxey's development because the first game that I saw him at the start of the year, I went to the last game of the season against Orlando, and the way that he just attacks the basket as opposed to you know just going for floaters, it's like night and day. It's like a completely different player that I saw. So, uh, question: um, If you know, let's just say Ben Simmons does sit out and it does go into the season. At that point, do you run the original starting five that you have with Seth, Danny Green, Tobias, Joel and B, but you throw Maxi in there at the starting lineup, or do you put like try to put Matisse Stiebel into that starting lineup, you know, to try to, you know, compensate for the defense that you're missing without Ben Simmons in the lineup? See, that's a good question because at that point if you, if Simmons sits out, you are losing one of the elite defenders in the NBA. You know, he's a first-time all-defensive first-team member two years in a row, Mm -hmm. uh, defensive player of the year runner-up. So you're losing an elite defender here. So my opinion, I'm going with Tyrese just because of, A, he's a point guard. I feel like if you start Batiste, you can't have Seth Curry handling the ball all 48 minutes. And I think Doc mentioned that in the past. Seth Seth can't be doing that. Um, So if you you start Tyrese, you keep Seth at the two. Um, I feel like you can maybe move Danny to the bench at some point. Like, maybe not right away, but if Batiste, Batiste is another one. If Thibault comes back with a three-point shot, then you can legitimately start him. Right now, you can't, in my opinion, because Matisse is really all defense, no offense. Where Matisse will try on offense. I mean, listen, he attempts three-pointers at least. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll take that. At least he attempts them. And he's been, and he, in my opinion, took another step forward as an offensive player in terms of his attacking to the basket and taking an extra step. But at this moment in time, I don't know if you can start Matisse just yet. He had a really good Olympic run with Australia. 
Um, I know he was knocking down three-pointers out there uh, over in Japan. So if he can come back to the NBA and come back stateside and be able to knock down the three-point setter, then who knows? Maybe you could you know, start Matisse instead of Danny Green at that point. Mm-hmm. Kai, Mark here again. I'm not sure if I asked you this, um, but this going back a little bit, the signing of Andre Drummond d- – to you, do you feel like there might be anything behind that as far as maybe Joel possibly not being as healthy as we think he may be, especially since he didn't get the surgery during the offseason? No. I mean, the team needed to back up big. You know, they lost Dwight. He, he went back to the Lakers. And, you know, at, the, at that point, you needed a new backup big man. And, and it couldn't be Paul Reed. I mean, a lot of people are all like, oh, okay, have Paul Reed fill that slot. It's like, no, not yet. A, he's only a second-year player. And B, despite Reed's really strong summer league performance out in Vegas, Reed really still struggles with defensive IQ, meaning he struggles still continuing to call out defensive um, schemes, stepping up, rotating, knowing when to um, call out a defensive play. That, that's something that, that Doc will give the job to the center. And in this case, you can't give Paul Reed that type of responsibility just yet. So Drummond, in my opinion, Drummond, he only does really one thing really well, and that's rebound. But Drummond is, is, has at least been in the league for a, for a little while. He's a two-time, former two-time All-Star. Um, you know, he brings, he brings energy. And, you, and they got him on a veteran's minimum deal. So you're going to be getting a guy in Andre who is trying, who's going to have to try to rebuild his reputation at this point mm-hmm. and play for his next contract. So I feel like that this is going to be you know an okay move. Uh, I don't think Drummond is a defender that Dwight Howard is. Like even at Dwight's advanced age, Howard was still a guy you know players had to think twice about when they go to the basket with him in the game. Mm-hmm. But Drummond is, is good enough to where you got him on a veteran's minimum deal. He'll give Joel a break. You can also play George Niang at center and mm-hmm. some small ball lineups. Not all the time, obviously, but small ball lineups. You can move George Niang over. And mm-hmm. you can, you know, r- run with that. So we'll, we'll see. But, but the drumming thing for me was that they needed a backup big man. That's all that was. Mm-hmm. So, Kai, so when it comes to – because one of the biggest issues was in terms of – was the bench in terms of cons- um, who's coming off the bench and who's going to give us that consistency off the bench. So who do you believe is going to be the primary guys coming off the bench? We already know it's going to be Andre Drummond as long as Joel Embiid is really healthy. And definitely Matisse Thybul or Danny Green, depending on who starts at the three. So who else do you feel like is going to fill out the rest of that bench unit in terms of getting playing time? Well, depending on the Simmons situation, I mean, you know, Maxi will be in the rotation. I mean, I know we're talking. I know Simmons is going to be traded at some point. Um, I mean, but in my opinion, if they can somehow mend the fences there and wait and just tell Ben wait till December when more of the league will be available, then I feel like that'd be Philadelphia's best case scenario at this point. But I mean, that, that's something we can get into later. Um, but, yeah, Drummond will, will obviously be in the, in the rotation. George Niang is going to be involved in the rotation, too. They, that guy shot 42.5% from deep on 4.1 attempts per game for Utah last year. Like, it's not like Niang only took, like, one or two threes a game. He took, almost, he took over four per game mm. with the Jazz, and he, shot, and he knocked down 42.5% of them. There's a reason why the Sixers went out and got him. Mm. And they got him at 6.7 mil over two years. So it's a solid move if they brought him in here. Niang will be involved in the rotation. Furkan Korkmaz will be involved in the rotation <laughs> as much as I hate to say it because I think Furkan is, you, you know, for, for, when, when Furkan isn't knocking down threes, it's like, what else does he do? So Absolutely in my opinion, they, they should give Isaiah Joe a little bit more of a look. Second-year guy, he played well in the summer league. He put the ball on the floor a little bit more. He's a much better defender than Korkmaz is, he, and he has just as good of a shooting stroke. So 
Um, but Korkmaz is definitely going to be in the rotation at least at the beginning of the season, um, unless he kind of falls off and, 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 you know, that gives Joe an opportunity. But those will kind of be the main guys. And then, and then you got Shake Milton. And I know Shake Milton was really shaky down the stretch last mm-hmm. season. And he, he really wasn't good in the playoffs outside of, I think it was game two against Atlanta. But yeah. It was really like the only game that Milton really showed out. But, I mean, if, if you can rebuild Shake's confidence, then you can hopefully get the Shake you got in the 2019-20 season. Do you think now that, you know, because George Hill is now going, not not like compromise against minutes, do you think we might get uh, Shake Milton's confidence back up? I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, like maybe the George Hill deal just, uh, just kind of killed Shake and things like that. But, I mean, Shake really was okay throughout the whole season. But then he really started to falter down the stretch. And then you saw Tyrese Maxey just exude confidence, like complete confidence. Like, like that kid is cocky almost. And I feel like I feel like it was more – I feel like it was less George Hill and more Tyrese Maxey that mm. was really getting to shake a little bit because, you know, that Maxey was a rookie – and he came in here and he earned Doc's trust right away. While Shake, that was last year was Shake's third season, and he was losing favor of Doc. And I feel like it was Tyrese who was really getting to him more than George Hill. Yeah, Kai, uh, Mark here again. So at this point, with the whole Ben Simmons thing going on, do you feel in any way that Ben is actually listening to the fans in the Philadelphia area and actually trolling? Because I saw that you reported or well, you, you put out a tweet where uh, Ben Simmons was hanging with John Wall. Like, Do you feel like he's starting to troll the, the area a bit? <laughs> that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, of Ben's course. Instagram story, he posted a video of, of, uh, of him working out with John Wall and the two of them were messing around with each other. And Ben posted it on Instagram earlier today. Uh, I feel like he's just trolling at this point. I mean, like, I feel like it's absolutely hilarious how, how like, he – because we all know Ben pays attention to this. Like, I don't care what any – I feel like that's any professional athlete. I don't care what any professional athlete says, oh, I don't pay attention to what the media is and blah, blah, blah. They definitely do. They definitely do. And I feel like Simmons, is, like, sees all this stuff, and he basically just wants to mess with the fan base at this point. So that that's just me. Like, uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, and another thing is – like I said, a lot of these guys, they act like they don't pay attention to what's said about them in the media. They definitely do. And I feel like this is a big example of that. Uh, Kai, um, Chris here again. So last week we, you know, had like a really uh, good discussion about, you know, in terms of the compensation now that we can get ben, for Ben Simmons. But now at this point, um, do you think there's any way that at this point we could just make out with like a C.J. McConnell? I'm not CJ McConnell, I'm CJ McCollum. And do you think that'll do you think that's a good fit in terms of what the Sixers are trying to do? For CJ McCollum? Yes. McCollum to me is like a, a guy who I mean he's he was never an all-star out in the West, but I mean you also have to think about the guards he was playing behind out there in the West who were clearly in front of him and they were going to be all-stars regardless of what CJ McCollum did. Like, I feel like if CJ was here in the East, you know, CJ probably would have been named an all-star at least once. I mean, that guy, he's really good. I mean, listen, he helps the team out in terms of breaking down a defense, scoring from the perimeter. Um, he's a clutch go-to guy down the stretch. Obviously not Damian Lillard-like, but he, he can he can knock down big shots. And I feel like if you're the Bla- – um, not if you're the Blazers. If you're the Sixers, if, if, if McCollum is like the worst-case scenario, I mean, consider yourself lucky. I mean, if you can somehow get CJ out of all this, you know, because you can't afford to wait for Dame anymore. Um, I always said that, the, that I feel like the 
the best case for Philadelphia would be to kind of bend the fences with Simmons just even a little bit and be like, hey, man, listen, we're going to try to get you out of here, but can you at least wait until December when more league will be available, there's going to be more options, there's going to be more flexibility for both of us, and we can figure this out. But that I feel like that's out the window now, and now they have to come up with a trade before opening night on October 20th when they take on the Pelicans down in the bayou. So at this point, if you can somehow nab C.J. McCollum, then, yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would absolutely pull the trigger on it and move forward because that might be the best-case scenario right now. Because you can't, you can't wait for Dame or Bradley Beal to shake free. Yeah. You, just, you can't do it anymore. You don't, you don't have that luxury. Yeah. Uh, two more questions, and then I'll let you go. So do you feel like, obviously, the loss of Ben Simmons is going to be you know, pretty significant because you lose your best on-ball defender? But do you think now that, you know, with Joel Embiid and having guys who are like, you know, threats on the perimeter playing four out. Do you really think that this will, uh, we'll probably see now the best version of Joel Embiid because there's nobody, you know, clogging the paint for him anymore? I mean, yeah, because Joel's going to be able to dominate the paint, but like, it's not going to help Philadelphia win a title right now. And I feel like, like that, like that's what's really disappointing about this whole thing. It's just like, if Ben would have just taken a jump shot, and, and these, he, he's been with the Sixers now for five years. He's played for four because he missed that whole year with the foot injury. Mm-hmm. Now, if Ben would have just developed some type of offensive game, we would not be having this conversation right now. We would be talking about Philly being in the running with Brooklyn and Milwaukee to come out of the Eastern Conference legitimately. But instead, we're sitting here, you know, dissecting a bunch of nonsense, you know, and, and, and it's disappointing. So once you trade Simmons, and it's Joel and four out. It's like, okay, yeah, Joel is going to have a hell of a year because Embiid is arguably the best center in the game. He's an MVP runner-up, and he can dominate that game and take over at any moment. So there's that, but it's not going to help the Sixers win a championship right now. Like, I don't even know if I would really consider them a contender in the East next year because when you look at Brooklyn's roster, if those three stars are healthy, it does not matter what anybody else in the league does. That includes the Lakers. If those three guys are healthy, Durant, Harden, Irving, the Nets are winning a title next year. Because it's not just those three. You got Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge is back, which is a miracle. You know, shout out to God for that one. And then you got right? Nick Claxton, um, Bruce Brown. Just They, 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 they just bought Sekou Dumbuya from Detroit, a really young, nice young prospect. Like Brooklyn, to me, is the hands-down favorite. And the uh, final question, you know, just to take a little bit off the Philadelphia 76ers, just a uh, non-sexual really a question. So with training camp, you know, going next week and the season starting up a few weeks after, who's your pick for rookie of the year? I think I'm going to go with Jalen Green, to be completely honest with you. I love Cade Cunningham out uh, with the Pistons, and I feel like he's definitely going to help Detroit turn that thing around a little bit because he's a guy you can build around. But here's the difference, though. Like, Jalen Green, to me, is a guy who is going he, – he's going to be a bucket getter. And honestly, I think Mark and I had this conversation, um, I, I think, like right, after, I think like, right after Summer League. And I said, listen, Jalen Green's a bucket getter. He's like, he's a guy you're going to put the ball in his hands and be like, go get me a bucket when we need it. Cade, to me, is going to be a guy who's going to do a lot, of, a lot of different things. He's going to be a really good defender. He can score when he needs to. He's going to be um, – he can rebound the ball well. He's a good playmaker. Um, you know, he's a good three-point shooter and things like that. But he's not like a, he's not going to be a ruthless takeover guy for the Pistons like the way Jalen Green's going to be for the Rockets. And I feel like, to me, that's going to give him the edge in rookie of the year voting because 
when it comes down to the rookie of the year, it's all about excitement and you know being an impressive player in your first year carrying the team. Like look at Lamelo Ball down in Charlotte. Um, like Lamelo Ball does that definitely deserved rookie of the year because that, that that kid was doing everything and he made it look flashy as hell. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green's flashy. I don't think Kate Cunningham's flashy. So yeah, I'm, I'm picking Jalen Green to win rookie of the year. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But yeah, Kai, where can where can the people find you, man? Check you out on social media. Make sure you guys check me out on Twitter and on Instagram, Kai underscore Carlin. That's K-Y underscore Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. You can always check me out over at SixersWire.com. All right, Kai, we appreciate you as always. Getting tacos tonight? Yes, sir. All right, I might see you. (laughs) All right, my guy. Mark, Chris, you guys, I'll talk to you all later. All right, take it easy. Take it easy, man. And once again, you listen to 98.5 WJ1. We got running back sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call and join the discussion, get that call number, Mark. Of course, 215-763-9596. Let's, um, I want to I take a moment here and just talk about Ben Simmons because, you know, I've at this point, man, I've this is going to be the last time I'm doing this because I'm just done. I'm 100% done with Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. The Ben Simmons experiment is is over. It's finally over. It's disappointing. When he came in to the when he came in, we thought that we had something very solid. We really thought the process was going to work. We thought yeah. it was going to be absolutely fantastic. At the end of the day, Ben Simmons and I, I. This is all on Ben Simmons for real, for real. This is truly how I feel. This organization has been nothing but behind Ben Simmons since day one. When no one went, no one turned their back on him when he was injured for that first season and didn't come in or anything of that nature. Like. Ben Simmons really let the city down. And I posted a video earlier on Twitter, and I said Ben Simmons' career in a nutshell. It was the guy who was in the crowd. He had his Ben Simmons shirt on. Ben Simmons is at the free throw line. You know, the guy, he's coaching Ben Simmons on knocking it down and saying, you got this, being nothing but supportive. And Ben Simmons does what he does. He clanks. The thing that's just so frustrating about the the national media is, like, they're treating Ben Simmons as if he's a victim. Like, he is no victim here in Philadelphia at all. If anything, this is a spoiled child who's 25 years old, who's loaded, like, literally just living his life, doing exactly what he wants to do. And he's just throwing it back in our face. So, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons has been nothing but disappointing. We haven't even really given him any true expectations. All we really did was say, come in here and play basketball. My man refuses to do that. He refuses to get better during the offseason. Look, I don't have no problem seeing you out there with pretty ladies. You know, he's, he gets nothing but tens. He gets nothing but tens. I get him. I get it. I get it. But I've been done with him since he did my young John Tanashi wrong. Tanashi ain't never deserved any of that, the way that Ben treated her. No. My man Ben, you really let the city down. It's sad. I'm ready for you to go. You never once shot a jumper. I'm tired of the Rondo comparisons because Rondo was getting buckets. He closed out game sevens. And, yeah, I get it. Rondo played with three Hall of Famers. I get it. But you got to stop the Rondo and Ben comparisons. I don't care how much defense Ben Simmons plays. That's not what the Philadelphia 76ers truly needed. At the end of the day, don't forget, we have a seven-foot anchor rim protector. We need a guy who can get their own bucket and not be Charmin Soft. He's not built for Philadelphia. And that's not even like a real thing. It's just he's not built for a team or a fan base that has expectations. So you can go on out there in Cali where the weather is beautiful, where nobody really cares about sports, and you can go out there and live your life. But at the end of the day, I'm just so done with this whole 
Ben Simmons scenario, the stories, everything, bro. Like, it was bad. It was just so bad. It's disappointing. I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm done. I, like, that's it. That was probably the most tame rant you ever did on Ben Simmons throughout our entire time here. It's because I'm, I'm drained, bro. Yeah. I'm drained. I, I, I thought I was going to give him so much more, too, but I'm, I'm just taint. I'm just, yeah. Look, are you talking about we'll send him to Cali? I'm like, nah. Listen, may I offer a suggestion? Go for it. Of where he can go? Hmm. Take him to Detroit. <laughs> no! No. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we get back? What do we get? What do we get? Cade Cunningham? That's not happening. No. Uh, I, at this point, Killian he, Hayes. No. <laughs> uh, we'd be lucky if we can get Killian Hayes and Jeremy Grant. <laughs> we'd be lucky. Can we? Do, do they have? Do we have the? No. Okay. No, we're taking on less salary, and Detroit's yeah. really not paying anybody. Yeah. So Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons, swap could work. I'm good, bro. Here's the thing, like, this scenario has gone on for so long. I'm just saying you're getting back, you know, defensively. I don't, and I don't need any more defense. I do not need any more defense. We're, we have plenty of defense. Yeah, but you're, you're getting a much better product, a much better complete Jeremy Grant than what you got originally, originally when he was here. No, I agree with that. But, look, at this point, I'm not even going to sit here and act like Ben Simmons is God's gift to earth because that's how we are in the situation. We have such a divided fan base. There's literally still people who are like, but he plays defense and he play mix. Okay, that's cute. But, like, you're 6'10", bro. You're supposed to be a point guard. Like, this isn't 1952. Like, even Magic Johnson had to get a jump shot. If you look at every single point guard who's in the league, they all shoot. How do you not shoot? And then you're trolling, talking about, oh, what point guards in the league can do this. Every point guard in the league can go around a pick and roll. Like, are you kidding me? Like, now you just got me fired up a little bit because I'm just starting to get frustrated about how, like, arrogant and cocky this dude is for no good reason. Like, okay, you play soccer defense but bro you can't even beat hip-hop in a freaking horse like his jump shot is just so broke it's it's sad take him to detroit listen he it's, it's just real pur- sad bro nba's purgatory yeah he's he's like followed by sacramento cleveland and minnesota i just feel <laughs> like he has a bunch of people who just tell him like yeah like he can't do no wrong i can't fool with people like, who are yes men? Like, if you're not going to give me no type of criticism and, like, let me know where I messed up and where I can improve on, then I don't need you in my life. If you going to agree to everything, every single thing that I say and do, like, I don't, something off, something wrong. And that's another character flaw, too. That's like being a Cowboys fan. So I don't know what's around, like, what's going on with Ben Simmons and the people who are around him that makes him think that he's God's to gift to earth and his crap don't stink. But it's really frustrating. <coughs> oh, you all right there? Right yeah, there? Wrong, wrong tube? <coughs> Uh-oh, wrong tube. Yeah, wrong, yeah. Yeah, wrong pipe. That's all good. No, balls. but listen, this is good news because Ben Simmons sits out, honestly, who cares? For me, I don't care. I don't really care at this point. We, that means Tyrese Maxis starts, and that means we finally get a point guard that can shoot. That can actually play point guard. I'm like, and here's the thing. Everybody was like, well, we're not going to be contenders. That may be true, but. I'm actually going to enjoy watching the Sixers basketball because everybody's going to be doing their part. Everyone's going to know the excitement. Sure, the out, sure the grim reality is that we're probably going to get beaten by the Bucks or the Nets, but it is what it is. We even with Ben Simmons, even with Ben Simmons, it, it's still an uphill battle to beat Brooklyn. Even with Ben Simmons getting a jump shot, but Joel Embiid being able to finally play four out with four guys who are a threat to at least shoot the basketball. Tyrese Maxey's development, and who knows? Everybody's talking about Tyrese Maxey has this, 
you know, but the future all-star development. Who knows? Maybe he might take that corner like Jason Tatum did his rookie year. Who yeah, knows? I agree. And then next thing you know, you can build off that. Joel Embiid still in his prime. Tobias Harris still gives you 20. We're still one of the better defensive teams in the league because that's just our makeup. Yeah. And who knows? And it's like, well, and who knows? Maybe if we get to the second round without Ben Simmons, I'm like, we, this is lateral. It literally shows that even when Ben Simmons is gone, we're still eliminated in the second round. We didn't lose anything. Um, my thing, my, I like I like what you said, everything you said. I love Maxi. I really think that, honestly, with starter minutes, he could really give us, like, I don't know, 18 and 7. Mm-hmm. I really feel that in my heart of hearts. The way that he can score the basket, he's a blur. That's why, like, I don't really want, like, a – like another point guard here. Like I feel like we we need to we need someone who can get their own bucket because I feel like with Maxie's capabilities, he's so fast. He's so he's like he's like De'Aaron Fox. He's like a young John Wall. You can do pick and rolls. Yes. Like actually pick and rolls. Like, can you imagine Joel and B like listen oh, Joel and B rolling to the basket with somebody who's a threat to actually, you know, oh I don't know. Score. Like, go to the basket. Or attack. You don't even need to score. Just attack. Or even go off the pick, you know, when he does, like, a pick and pop or right off it. I'm like, yo, this is. And and Maxie's also so fast. If the center even gives him an inch at the lane, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. And then if, even if the center actually steps up, boom, you got Joel with the pick and pop or the mismatch already. Defender collapsed. Tobias Harris, corner three. Defender collapsed. There goes Seth Curry right out there. Center collapsed. Danny Green in the corner. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It can actually work like how basketball is supposed to work. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. We are not contenders. We're not. We're not. But, I've been saying the doors closed. Thing. But if we're going to go into the playoffs with everybody giving everything that they can, if Tyrese Max is giving us everything that we can, Joel Embiid, I know we're probably more than likely we're going to waste his prime years here. But if this team gives everything that they can with, you know, the albatross that has been Simmons, you know, not wanting to be here, I can respect that. To me, here's the thing. Philadelphia fans appreciate hard work. They appreciate giving 100%. We idolize Allen Iverson for winning one game against the Lakers. So if we're doing everything that we can, if Tyrese Max is giving everything he can, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, you know, some of these younger guys, if Isaiah Joe gets, you know, you know, deep minutes, six, Sixer fans will appreciate that. I agree. I, I definitely agree at the end of the day, man. It's just this uh this saga has just gone on for way too long. Mm-hmm. It's uh been one of the most frustrating things. It's just dealing we just dealt with this with Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Like we we just went through this. We and we went through it before with Markel Fultz. Okay. I don't even remember the Markel okay, Fultz. I'll situation say this now. about Carson Wentz. At least we got a Super Bowl out of it. Fair. I'm like, we didn't even get out of it. And it's the opposite too. Like Carson Wentz like really left it all out there. Yeah, I'm like, listen. He did everything that he can that his body will allow him to do. Yeah. I can respect that. But I can't can't do this with Ben. Right. And the wildest part is, like, this clutch sports, they're supposed to be, like, this amazing amazing agency. Like, you can't get a deal done behind closed doors to get your guy out of town because it's starting to look sloppy. Like, the Anthony Davis situation, like, all right, that that was starting to look sloppy. It finally got done. This whole Ben Simmons thing is starting to get real sloppy. Like, I don't know what's happening with Rich Paul. I see him online because having nobody, a good no, time. Because nobody wants to give up anything of significant value for him. I get it. Listen, it and it's and it's it's Ben's fault. Yeah. I, it's I, all his fault. Oh, no. I'm not disagreeing. He's, disagree. he's not being disagree. a, 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 a butt. I don't, I, can I say darn it? I guess I can't. Anyway, he's been a jerk. So, 
Oh, all right, yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Anywho, so yeah, he's being he's being a jerk. So it's it's already messing up his value. Now it's to the point where it's looking like he's going to be a cancer. Like I could see like in the beginning of the season last year where James Harden absolutely wanted nothing to do with Houston, but he was still averaging forty and ten like the first three games he played. Mm-hmm. Like Ben Simmons would never sniff that on his good days. Yeah. So it, except it, that one time in Utah. That's that's nice. He had yeah. a center guarding him. I would hope he just run by him for a lap. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of value, mm-hmm. you can find some ways to get some value out of your dollars on DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. the next installment of Market In. Yeah, you know it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You know, we got another Market In session this week. Look, I made a couple of dollars last week. You know how that goes. So, this is one. This is, I got two segments for y'all. So, it's Market In, Market Out. Games that you should definitely bet on and games that you should stay away from. So, one of my first games that I'm going to definitely mark in is Indiana at Tennessee. That one is minus five and a half, so I'm definitely going with Tennessee on that one. Tennessee, listen, they have been rolling coming off that last win, so it was a nice win for them. Indianapolis, especially with Carson Wentz going down and starting 0-2, I'd stay away from Carson Wentz in Indianapolis right now at that moment. Um, another one that I would definitely cash in on is uh, Baltimore at Detroit to cover I'm sorry, the spread is 7.5. I'll take Baltimore, especially after Lamar Jackson coming off that amazing win, finally getting a chance to knock off the Chiefs. That's a major one right there. And then Detroit, oh, man, the dumpster fire that they've been for quite so long, getting spanked. I would definitely go with Baltimore on that one with the 7.5. You also got Washington at Buffalo. That one, what's my handwriting? My handwriting's terrible at this one. I think this one, oh, yeah, it's 8.5. Jeez. So, yeah, I would definitely take Buffalo with the 8.5, their dynamic offense, especially with Buffalo rolling right now after what they did with Miami beating them 35 to nothing. And I'm Chris loves Taylor Heineke, but I'm not on Heineke whatsoever. He just said he's going to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's the last thing that I would bet on. So I'm definitely taking Buffalo to cover the spread with that 8.5. Another one that I like, I like uh, Chicago at Cleveland with the minus 7.5. I would go with Cleveland on that one. Baker Mayfield, he had a little rough week last week, but it's all, always good to get it rolling again, especially since Chicago is a shell of themselves. They they don't know exactly what's going on whatsoever there in Chicago. And uh, the last one that I would definitely say marking in is uh, Green Bay at San Francisco with three and a half. First off, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers turning back in the form, throwing those four touchdowns was absolutely outstanding seeing him able to come back respond to the critics do exactly what he needed to do to go ahead and get green bay for their big time win and then you got san francisco who just came off with the win against the philadelphia eagles but just seeing how san francisco struggled with their points against the philadelphia eagles only able to put up 17 and jimmy garoppolo was just really not that guy whatsoever so i would definitely take green bay with the minus three and a half so just to recap you want to go with to market in you want to go with Tennessee minus five and a half you want to go with Baltimore at minus seven and a half you want to go with Buffalo at minus eight and a half Cleveland minus seven and a half Green Bay at three and a half now I got three games here that you got to stay away from all right so this is the market out section there's three games here so the first one Atlanta at the New York Giants that one right now this this covers three 
I, I just I'm just so uncertain with these two teams at the end of the day because Atlanta they got molly whopped against the Buccaneers and they got molly whopped against the Eagles so they don't really have a true identity you know they have Calvin really you know they have Matt Ryan you know they have they have a bunch of receivers Kyle Pitts but you just don't know what's really going to happen. That's very unpredictable. And we talked about the Giants a little bit earlier. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darius Slayton. Like, those guys are just completely up in the air, especially if you have Daniel Jones at the helm. So that's one thing I would definitely want to watch out for. And then you also got the New York Jets at Denver. That one is 10 and a half. Like, I don't trust that enough because even though Denver started out the season pretty well, I'm not sure that they can just beat the Jets and cover the spread at the 10 and a half. So that's one thing I want to watch out for. I know Teddy Bridgewater has been looking absolutely sensational for Denver so far in this upstart season. That's another one that I would definitely, you know, keep my eye out on. And Zach Wilson not looking hot at all for the New York Jets. So definitely that's a game that I would stay away from. And then we also got Philadelphia at Dallas, that's three and a half right there. This one, this one I want to stay away from because even though I'm a diehard Eagles fan, these are my guys, that three and a half, that's a little bit shaky to me because you just don't know what you're going to get when it comes to an NFC division rival. You just never know what type of game that you're going to get, and it's just all over the place. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts last week. He was able to play and do exactly what he's supposed to do wasn't quite the Jalen Hurst that we saw against the Atlanta Falcons so he did look pretty well he was able to get these guys involved and then you also got Dallas Dak Prescott looking absolutely fantastic being able to get the ball thrown through the air at all times so that's one game right there that I would definitely want to stay away from so just to recap on the three games that I want to stay away from you want to stay away from Atlanta New York, you want to stay away from the New York Jets versus Denver. You also want to stay away from Philadelphia versus Dallas. I would not put any money on those games whatsoever. So once again, this is another session segment for Market End where you can make a couple dollars. You know, we got Christmas around the corner. Amazon's already saying if you want those gifts right away, you better start. You better start buying them now. So this is where you can win a couple dollars. So another edition of marketing. You can hear it every Tuesday here at Running Back Sports, 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Let's get it. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJNY here at Running Back Sports. So sports for the culture. If you want to call us during discussion, mark did that call number. Of course, 215-763-9596. Yeah, and now we have a really special guest. Uh, we have a scheduled interview with somebody from the 2203 Barbershop here on Broad. Broad Street, uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, Broad and Susquehanna. Thanks for having me here. Oh, absolutely. My name is Rashid Ali. I'm one of the legendary barbers, so I've been told. I didn't do that myself. <laughs> Others did it for me. What's going on, I've Mr. Been Ali? Around so long. What's everything, going on? Hey, everything's okay with me. Good, good. I Thank wanna, you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I want to. Thank you guys for bringing me into your show. Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely, man. You know, you're right down the street. Yes. We all know the importance of, you know, community because you know, you know, we're a nonprofit radio organization. We're black owned, and Outtown Theater has been one of the you know bigger pillars of the community. You know, back during the '80s and the '90s, and you know, your the barbershop is definitely a part of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh, you know how long you've been barbering, and uh, how long? Uh, what made you become want to become one? I'm one of the old heads, and uh, I have a background that's a little shady. You know, nothing 
so bad that I could not make any improvements with my life. So I decided that I need something that I can always fall back on, something that would improve my image, my lifestyle, and my what my means of living. Mm -hmm. And I chose barbering because that was something I always liked to do. I started out when I was about 13 years old. Mm. And we're going back many, many years. That's why everybody in Philadelphia just about knows about Rashid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. But they'll tell you the little light skin guy <laughs> with the buck teeth. <laughs> and that has been following me for a long time. I'm very pleased to know that I have a good following of people. I'm from a group as a result of uh, me choosing this as a career, a group of barbers that have been together for over 25 years or more. Hmm. And I would like to call their names. That's Reese, Sean, I call my other little brother, Barbershop Mike, <laughs> and myself. We've been together for a long time. There's another brother from the barbershop that is part of our group, and that's James Johnson. Mm. <laughs> I can't forget, he's a legendary barber in mm -hmm. Philadelphia, too. <laughs> Not only that, but the rare thing about us is that we have been together. We are the oldest group of barbers, like the Temptations, the Four Tops, <laughs> and Smokey Robinson and the Miracles that's been together as a group of barbers. So I guess you're the David Ruffin then, huh? Yes. <laughs> you hit it right on the head. Rashid, quick question. I see you got the uh, Eagles hat on. How do you feel about them so far this season? Well, I think they could have did better, but it's early, mm -hmm. so we got to wait and see how they improve themselves, what's going to happen uh, down the line when the season gets a little more active. I believe around maybe game five, the Eagles are going to show us something and show us something that we can all jump up and shout about. I think the Eagles are going to make it in the playoffs this Whoa, year. Whoa, that's a bold I, prediction. I don't, I don't know how everyone else feels about it, <laughs> but I believe they should have won that game. Yeah, a, a couple of games, in fact. I, the, the game with Atlanta, oh, that was awesome. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you: Who's who's one of your all-time favorite Eagles? Hmm. That's a good question there. I, well, I did like Carson, Carson Wentz when he started out. I liked him from the beginning. And I liked the, the coaching of Andy Reid when he was with the Eagles. He'll be returning with the Chiefs in a couple weeks. Yeah, well, he's with the Chiefs now, and he's doing good. He was always a good coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the Eagles are going to, like I said, make the playoffs. Yeah. And I hope they do. But I'm still, I got faith in them. Mm -hmm. 
after game five if they don't show any signs or by then they should have improved themselves mm -hmm. of further improvement that's gotta let them go and go to my other favorite team the broncos <laughs> i like the broncos i always did i like green bay i always did <laughs> but we gotta give credit to tom brady he's about one of the legendary quarterbacks that uh, falls into the line of the best that ever did it. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> so listen, we could talk about Joe Montana. We could talk about all those good quarterbacks and everything. But right now, let's see what Jalen. What is he going to do for the Eagles? Is he going to show us what we want? Is he going to give us these games that we're trying to win and look forward to winning mm -hmm. or not? Mm -hmm. So let's follow through with what the Eagles are capable of doing. Yeah. So uh, another question, you know, back to the barbershop. So you guys are the longest, you know, collection of, you know, barbers. So how did the uh, 2203 barbershop, you know, come to fruition? Well, we all started out as a group. Right around to 1347, that's right around the corner, Susquehanna Avenue, Broad and Susquehanna. We all was together. We go back to the 90s, all into the 90s, mm. mid-90s, late 90s, and so forth. And we never change as a group. Everybody saw us together. So everybody got to know us as the barbers from Susquehanna Avenue, Broad and Susquehanna. Mm -hmm. And we always had putting going on with the Eagles, the uh, Lions. <laughs> we always had Pittsburgh. That was always going on. That's been our legend. But our haircuts are supreme. That's another thing. People come all the way from New Jersey. Mm. They come all the way from Delaware. Real rap. I mean, they would actually come driving miles just to get a haircut from us. Mm. And that's what made us. Our name always stood out. We didn't change. Some of us may took a little sideline job. You know, some of us took jobs working with the city. As for myself, I'm a barber teacher, mm. and I, I substitute now because I I make more money as a barber in the barbershop where I'm at now at 2203. I do okay there, but when you look back into the past and whatnot, us being together like we are and people coming to us to tell us you guys are some of the best barbers in the city. Now, mm. you got a lot of legendary barbers in the city, but we're well-known all over the city, and we are known not only just by some advertisement that's given out <laughs> with a flyer. We're known personally with different people. Mm -hmm. We interact with them. We throw up ads, uh, picnics, mm. cookouts, things like that, we participate in that. And we help the children. 
That's very important in yes, the community. Yes, we make donations to various groups around the city for the children. Daycare centers, we support daycare centers mm -hmm. and so forth. And people come to us all the time. We never suffer because we need clientele. We don't suffer because of that. Clientele is always ready for us the moment we open the door. Mm. You get a lot of Temple students? Yes, mm -hmm. a lot of Temple students come. We've cut all of the legendary basketball players, football players, all of them, they come by to get a haircut because they heard about us and they know us by name. And Sometimes we don't even know who they are. <laughs> but they know us by name. They say, oh, you Rashid? I said, yeah, I'm Rashid. And they'll say to him, I'm looking for James Johnson. I'm looking for Sean. I'm looking for Mike, Barbershop Mike. I'm looking for Reese. And all of us are there together because they know that we be together. We've been together. Another fantastic thing is that we're not just in the basement, barbers. We are all educated, school-taught barbers. Mm. All of us have a license. Myself, I got a teacher's license. I went from my regular license to manager's license to teacher's license. Okay. And now I'm a substitute teacher at 925 at a shop called Final Touch. Hmm. And I was recommended by one of the other teachers, James Johnson, who is a barber teacher, and Sean Williams, who is a barber teacher. All of us acquired our teacher's licenses after many years of experience of being a barber. That's good. What's your, what's your take on... Um the new style haircuts and some of the new trends. Like I noticed with uh, some people you can have like a, a lasting cut and then sometimes you can have a cut that's just gone in a flash. What's your take on that? Well, I remember when the Gumbies came out, the box haircuts and all of that. Were those fad type haircuts, they faded out. But the temple fade, that's one of the most fashionable hairstyles of today. The all-around fade, that's a common haircut. And these are some of the new trends because everybody likes a tape, a nice tape, outline around, a sharp outline around the forehead, the beard, and mm -hmm. all of that. So the new trends of haircuts that's coming out now, like ball fades, the curly top, all of that we experience every time there's uh, every time there's a new style coming out, we work with it, mm -hmm. and we do it, and what we do it with the expertise that we've been taught when we all went to barber school. So we're not just kitchen barbers and down in the basement. All of us know what we're doing, and we give our customers the best of service. But we all work together, so. About four of us, one brother's name is James Blizzard. He's not with us. James Johnson, Sean Williams, all of us graduated as teachers mm -hmm. from the local standard of being a barber. This is not to say that 
all of the other brothers, they have quali teacher qualifications too because we all have barbershop education. We have license and we know what we're doing. So, you know, you've been at this a very long time. You know, the Eagles are your team. So when you finally saw the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl, you know, just a few years ago, uh, where were you and, like, how, like, significant was it for you? Oh, my goodness. If I could explain that moment. I was jumping up and down. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so happy and pleased to see the Eagles in action. Winning the Super Bowl, and I, I just, you know, I still got memorabilia of these moments and the things that happened around that time. But I was elated to the point that uh, I still remember it, and I still feel that way. And I would like to grasp that feeling again. So I'm still rooting for the Eagles, and <laughs> I, hope, I hope they come along uh, throughout the season to make the playoffs, and from there we'll see where the Eagles are going to go. Yeah. Are you also a Sixer fan? Yes, oh, oh, most definitely. Mm -hmm. But you know what I think about the Sixers? I mean, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the Sixers. I think Ben should accept a trade offer and go to another team. Mm -hmm. I, I don't say he's not any good, but he's in the way. I believe the Sixers can do a lot better because Joel Embiid, that's my man. <laughs> you know, he's carrying the team on his back. For I sure. Mean, he's piggybacking the Sixers. That's what I think. A lot of people say he's taking too many shots, but look, what can you do? If the rest are not doing what is expected of you to do, mm -hmm. then somebody's got to carry the ball, and that's what Joel Embiid does. Now, for the brothers that's not coming through, like Ben, anybody's looking to Ben to do what we want to see him do, and he's not doing it. So we start arguing and fussing with one another. One has been going to wake up and smell the coffee, you know. But uh, I think Ben needs to move on with his career. He might do a little better. Than he needs. He needs a new. He needs a fresh start. Yeah. I I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Never never anything wrong with a fresh start. Yep, like Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. And Charles Barkley, that's my man. <laughs> He's your all-time favorite Sixer? He's one of my all-time favorite Sixers. Yes, he is. Mm. Yes. Uh, so, um, what is your all-time um, favorite Philadelphia sports moment? When the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that, that's the greatest. That's yeah. that was the best moment for the city. That was the most important moment of my life because I was sitting there when they won I just jumped up with joy and I was wearing Sixers hats, Sixers jerseys and before that I wasn't actually a full Sixer fan, not like a Sixer fan is today. Mm -hmm. So we're all Sixer fans and we're dedicated but that's what got me started on being a dedicated fan and I love the Sixers. I hope them the best. 
Yeah. So um, still got about a few minutes left. So just real quick, uh, just tell the tell everybody here on ninety eight point five. Um, you know your name. You know the barber shop and where people can find you at. Our barber shop is located on twenty two oh three North Broad Street, close to Susquehanna Avenue. You can't miss it. Everybody knows about that area. It's right in the area of Crown Chicken. And you're welcome to come. And don't worry, we'll take good care of you. We'll make sure that you walk out with a smile on your face. That's what we like to hear. Hopefully, if uh, Chris doesn't lose this bet, are you able to give a mohawk? Yes, indeed. Because, uh, you know, it depends. You know, hopefully, Chris wins the bet. But we got a bet going on where uh, if the Eagles don't do well, Chris has to shave his head and get a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Chris may win the bet. He might. And, yeah. And if he wins, I'm going to bet against him and give me a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like sir. the sound of that. Uh, yeah, with, uh, looks like we're whatever little hair you have left. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, uh, you know, see, you know, thank you, uh, you know, for coming down here. Uh, you know, the barbershop is, you know, a significant pillar in the black community. I did not know yes. about, you know, the charity work and everything else that you guys have done. But, you know, yes. if you haven't been told already, we really appreciate Absolutely. what you yes. and everybody else at 2203 does. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. The barbershop is the first... Uh, that's the first therapist session for black men. So we always love having a, a black barbershop in the neighborhood, being a true staple in the community. So we appreciate everything that you do. Yes. And I also want to give a shout out for your show. Uh, Thank you. The show is 98.5. Running Back Sports Show. And that's what you need to listen to when it comes to running back sports, sports show. You know it. <laughs> I think we got our drop. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yeah. Yes, but, sir. But, no, seriously, though, like, Black Barbershops is the reason why. Uh, I'm, I've never told anybody this, but Black Barbershops is the reason why I love sports so much. Mm-hmm. Because whenever, like, I spent the weekend at my grandmother's, she would, uh, my, my grandfather would get a, a copy of the Daily News. As soon as he's done with that, I would just read the back of the sports section. Any Eagles news, any six-related news, and I would just read off the box scores. So when I used to go to my old barbershop when I lived in West Philly around like 52nd, I was, because I was able to, you know, remember all of that, I was able to hold my own in terms of conversations. And everybody was like, you know what, man, this kid, this this eight-year-old kid, he knows what he's talking about. He's smart. You know what? He's like, you definitely got the voice for this. So you definitely need to pursue it. So if it wasn't for, you know, the barbershop, I probably wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, you, you and me both. I've had numerous arguments, even to this day. Uh, in the barbershop about this and that. Now it's to the point where people actually come to me and actually are, are wondering what my take is, what I what I think is going to happen. So come a long way, but you and me both, definitely those arguments in a barbershop can become very heated, especially when it, it comes to sports debates. it could be about anything. Any debate. Any debate. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a good way to close it. So once again, this is Chris Thomas. It's Mark Thompson. And I want to thank, once again, our special guest. Rashid Ali. From 2203 Rhyme you've been listening to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. Until next time, every yep. Tuesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Peace.